Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome to FPL Wire Extra Time, powered by Dreamset Go and Fantasy Football Scout. Today, we are joined by a very special guest who has been doing the impossible, predicting Pep. LR, why don't you introduce him? Very good friend of ours, uh, Luke Disable. Uh, he's been, uh, he's actually number one in the champion FPL game at the moment right now. So he does have some fantasy pedigree as well. And in the top thousand in Sky at the moment, Luke? Uh, yeah, in and around top thousand. Yeah, can't remember offhand, but it's close. <laughs> and what he's been doing this season is, uh, you know, he I was ta- talking to him a little bit earlier, and he's like, everybody wants to avoid Pep, uh, like our friend Zofar here, because it's difficult to predict Pep. And Luke has been predicting Pep very, very accurately all season. He's been having a Hawkeye vision on Man City, what they're doing, their sort of place, and etc. And a lot of people in the community are on free hit, and uh, City play Everton away, and a lot of people have question in terms of who are the best three city asses to pick and we thought why don't we just get Luke on because his average when it comes to predicting Pep this season if you take the goalkeeper out is close to 9.5 out of 10 correct picks every week Luke is that right yeah that's the average over the season so obviously some weeks you might you might dip a little bit below and get I think probably my worst is probably eight in a week Um, but obviously a few 11s buff it up and then usually around 10 usually there's always I mean it's pep at the end of the day there's usually one that slips by the wayside but yeah I'm pretty happy with that it has definitely been a little bit easier this season I think in general just um, the nature of some of the injuries um, the form of some of the players has helped pep as you he always says he picks his players on form and he doesn't rest players he's quoted as saying himself and They've made it a lot easier for him because the same players have um, have consistently performed pretty much throughout the season. There's been periods where that's changed. Mares, for example, was very poor to start the season, despite being nailed on because they had a lot of 
a lot of injuries and he was straight out of the team because he wasn't good enough. And um, he's obviously come back in in recent weeks and he's been performing very, very well. And here he is, you know, most weeks. There's obviously exceptions. We have Spurs this week and um, the tactical plan meant, you know, no Mares. There was no room for him. So there's always those little caveats that are applied to his, his uh, selections, as we know. <laughs> before before we dive into the matchups this week versus Everton, how did you start doing this? I know Emma jumped the wave as well. She's been helping with prediction models based on fan forums as well as Man City experts slash fans. How did this whole thing come along? Yeah, to me, to be honest, it was just, um, I think the end of last season really tainted the minds of people, you know, because Man City were all over the place. The league was already won. Very much the focus was on the Champions League. Um, and as a result, his selections were all over the place. So it really frustrated people. They didn't want to pick their players. Um, you know, sometimes with Man City as well, they can win 5-0 and you've got the guy who got a 10-minute cameo, and, you know, and you've just picked the wrong option. But for me, I really wanted to give myself a puzzle. You know, I like to think, make stuff hard for myself, as you probably know in the style I play fantasy football as well. Always try to to do something different. And for me, it was like a puzzle to try and work out because I wasn't happy to accept the fact that, you know, probably the best team in the league who are favourites to win and I've got lots of decent fantasy options that are all very well-priced as well, um, considering what they would be if they were nailed, um, were just like unselectable to some people. And a lot of people thought they were unselectable. So I wanted to try and give it a go to say, well, I don't think that is the case. I think there is, there is options here. And um, you know, it's proved to be the case, I think, this season so far, at least. That was the aim, just to try and figure it out, really, and sort of test myself to see whether I could, um, I could get close to predicting it. And it's, bom- it's gone better than I expected, to be honest didn't expect to do as well as this yep it's been great and before we jump into the actual discussion i just wanted to introduce a schedule that city have now ahead of game week 27 they have no midweek game prior to the everton fixture then they have the fa cup game against peterborough on tuesday then the derby against manchester united on sunday and then the sporting tie where they're already five goals up so you have to think the first team comes into play in both the Premier League uh, matches, given the results at the weekend as well. Now, you know, if uh, Liverpool play their full contingent of games, they're just three points behind City and we have a title race on our hands. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. The thing is, what is the first team? Because their team's so good, right? So there's, there's always that element to it. But uh, And also, I think Pep will go stronger than most people expect in, in, in even those other games because he's done that all season. He's played a lot stronger teams in the Cup than people expected. He's played a lot stronger teams in Champions League games where they were heavy favourites. I mean, even the first leg of Sporting, um, you know, full team 5-0. The B team probably could have done the same. I know it's a bit different because it's towards the um, the knockout stages now. But Club Bruges, for example, earlier in the season, people were saying, well, they can win that out of cancer. They're not going to put out their full team. They might rest a few names, but it, it wasn't really like that. And I think there's been a number of cup games as well where their, their full team's been out. I'm not saying, therefore, you know, he, he's not going to play his strongest team in the Premier League, but I would expect he'll pick a strong team in all of them because Man City wants to win every competition. It's very clear. They keep saying it. And um, I don't disagree with that. I think they'll put out a number of strong names in that Peterborough game. Um, but yeah, we obviously don't need to worry about that one too much. It's about the Everton one, isn't it? Speaking about strong names, uh, you have a predicted 11 for us. Uh, so why don't we get into that first before we get into the good picks? A couple of surprises in your predicted uh, 11 that I saw there. What's the thinking there, Look. Yeah, and I think it doesn't really make sense if you're going for a high average across the season to go for wild punts of who you think will come in because across many games, obviously the likes of Diaz, who's not there, is going to play the vast majority of games. So as a predictor who's trying to get a high average rating, you're not really focused so much on the individual game. You're thinking, well, if I put Diaz every week in, I'm going to get 33 out of 38 and that's going to bump my total, right? But I think, as Pep keeps saying, 
his um, his mantra is, I go on form first. I think that's true. I think at least the form in his mind of the players who's not let him down, who's not caused any errors or anything. Um, and then he looks at the opponent as well, secondly, before this is before rest and rotation to me, and a plan for them, um, which he very much had a plan for the Spurs game, I think. So I think I've only seen, so the caveat to this, I've only seen the highlights of the Spurs game because I was working. I watched extended highlights, 11 minutes, and I saw, I've read some reviews and stuff. And from what I saw, Diaz was pretty ropey in the game. And it's been a thing of him this season. He's not been up to the standard. He's, he's still been very good, don't get me wrong, but there's been a few games where he's been iffy and we've seen Diaz drop out a number of times as well. In fairness, usually around the Champions League, but not always. Um, so for me, his performance was pretty poor. Even in the offside goal, he was not in the right position. I think in all three, Laporte wasn't great either. I mean, let's not got it wrong. This is a hard time to pick Man City now because like I talked at the beginning, the form has meant that the same players keep picking. So you come to me now after a game where they've just lost for the first time and the performance of a lot of the players was actually poor. So it does make it a lot trickier than what people are probably thinking because there's a lot of injuries. They're thinking, well, it's just going to be the first team. Well, how much is he going to punish those players? And I think Diaz is probably one of the ones who's in line for it. My only caveat to that is he does think about the opponent, right? And Calvert-Lewin, everyone knows what his main threat is from Everton and his aerial threat. I know they haven't been great. How much will he put an onus on trying to counter their plan rather than pick the form player? And that's always the tricky balance with Pep. Because to me, Diaz is more of the, the fighter, right? He's more of the aerial player than Stone. Stones is more of a ball player, a little bit quicker on the ground. So you think Diaz is a better matchup for Calvert-Lewin? I would. Um, but at the same time, Yes, was very, very poor. I think Stones deserved a chance. He's been fantastic um, every time he's taken to the field. But it's a little bit of a punt there. The bottom line is I wouldn't pick Diaz or Stones. That's the message here. I wouldn't pick even. So I think that is one of the risk positions. So um, I think Stones has got a chance, but it could easily be Diaz just to cope with Calvert-Lewin. I think the rest of them is pretty settled at the back. I don't see any reason for any of the other guys to change. Uh, he doesn't like Zinchenko when the opponents are strong, potentially like against Burnley, against um, Brentford. Um, it was the same thing, so it's going to be going to be Cancelo and Walker at the, at the fullbacks. I would have thought. Sometimes he has a plan. For example, he brought in he brought in Ake at left back when he played Burnley for a little bit of strength, extra set pieces, which you might think Everton's main threat, right? And then some, he played Stones at right back instead of Walker when they when they played against Brentford because he thought Tony was going to play, and that's where he drops into that area. Obviously, Tony didn't end up playing that game, but Stones played fantastic anyway. I can't really see any of that happening there unless he's really worried about Calvert-Lewin. I don't think he really needs to be. Just while we have you here, and this is something not specific to this game week, uh, but to more the captaincy conversation when City do have a prime fixture, is Cancelo better as an FPL asset on the left or the right? Yeah, that's really tricky because I think historically it was the right. He was always better, and he's obviously a more natural right back. He's got his right footed. Um, in either case, he just drifts into the inside positions in midfield, whichever side he plays on. Very rarely becomes the outside right back. Um, and yeah, historically, it was always the right back that he was better at. But I think over time and playing that role so well, he actually works equally well. And if not, there's, a, there's an argument to say it's even slightly better at left back now. I mean, Pep's been quoted in the last two weeks actually saying, in fact, last game in the Premier League, that Cancelo was their best winger from that spot. Um, and his through balls from those positions as well, when he brings the ball into midfield, because he's obviously got the whole pitch in front of him from the right-hand side with the right foot, you can pick out better through balls. And his through balls are definitely better from left back. And obviously, there's a goal threat if you're cutting inside with your right foot. You've got a goal threat as well. I don't think there's much in it. I think he's fantastic in both positions now. Right. Let's let's talk about the attack there. And the big call. Somebody who's not been dropped all season. You think he's going to be benched for this game? Yeah, I know. Again, another one, another bit of a punt, really. And this is just based on on the fact that Gundogan deserves a chance. He's been left out 
for quite a lot of games actually in the last sort of six seven weeks kevin de bruyne bernardo silva very much been the favored center midfield partnership um obviously when he has a special plan like spurs he can mix it up i think again i didn't watch the game but from what i understand bernardo silva played a bit of a false nine role um and gundogan obviously brought into center midfield he played well again he played he played pretty well he's one of gundogan's better players in the ratings you know he obviously scored the goal as well um bernardo silva's not had a rest for a long time i know pep doesn't really do the rest thing but i think if you're going to reward form it's gundogan and kevin de bruyne just seems to be ever since he's come back from his injuries played every game so there's only one spot really for him in the team unless he wants to mess around with the front three which again could be a possibility but i don't see the need against everton but it's one of gundogan or bernardo silva again similar to the stones and ds saying this is the other risk position i'd love to say go for gundogan because i think his xgi is actually higher than any other player over the course of the season um but I just wouldn't do it because it could very easily be Bernardo Silva and he's played every game, like you say, when he's been available. I think he missed one game with a slight back knock and then he came on anyway, if I remember rightly, it was the other way around. But um, yeah, he, he's he's been pretty much a nailed on person. The, the bottom line is I wouldn't have Silva or I wouldn't have Gundogan um, because I'm not 100% sure. But Gundogan, if you're willing to take the risk, he's obviously a very good pick. And uh, let's talk about the front three there. Uh, I mean, it almost picks itself here, but no worry at all about being in the limelight off late yeah he obviously had that fight thing that everyone's seen um it's hard to gauge that because we've seen Grealish and Foden get dropped as a result of a night's outs in town we don't know the full details but um they were obviously dropped after that and Foden has to my knowledge started every single game that he has either not been punished for or has been fit so um it's hard to say that he'll suddenly be out because I don't know if you've watched the video or seen it. It didn't look like he did too much wrong. Looks like he got targeted. I think a number of the Man City players were out on that fight night as well. It wasn't like it's just him going out or anything like that. Um, the only thing in my mind would be, you know, the old thing, well, don't put yourself in that position. Don't go out there. But then you're telling a kid who's 20 years old to not go and enjoy himself when half the other Man City team were out. So we're never going to know what the conversation is there. You just have to know there's, there is a slight chance that if Pep doesn't like what he's seen for whatever reason, then Foden could be victim of, well, I don't like you going out and causing a scene and bringing, at the end of the day, you're bringing the reputation of the player, the club into disrepute, disrepute, aren't you, by going out? So there is always that chance that that could happen. If it's purely based on the football, I can't see any reason why Foden wouldn't play this game. As I said, he's played every other game. He's not been his, his usual self of late. He's been a little bit worse and he's tired in a few games as well. So there's an argument play-wise you could maybe give him a break, but we've just seen the fixture list. There's no reason for him to play the next game and they need to win. So I can't see him dropping out for any other reason apart from Pep doesn't like the video, which how can you predict that, right? I, I don't think it's going to be a thing. Would you worry at all about, uh, you know, we, we don't, we're doing this and recording this video before Pep's press conference, but let's say Grealish and Gabriel Jesus are fit. Uh, I mean, my presumption would be that he would give them minutes in the cup and not in the league game. Uh, would you worry at all? Yeah, I mean, it's tricky because they were due back last week, weren't they? Or very, very close to it. And they just missed out. And I think even the week before that, he talked about it as well. Um, I don't think they'd play this one particularly. I think Jesus has more, got more of a chance because he actually hasn't played a lot of football for a long time. Um, and he's actually used Jesus when I was looking because I looked through previous opponents. And obviously, it's hard to gauge because... You don't know what the game state at that time was, who was injured. I haven't gone to it that much detail. But Jesus has played against Everton quite a lot. But we're talking different managers, different setups. So how much you can take that on board, I'm not sure. So he would he would be a slight worry. And also he is, you know, at least on paper. I know he's played right wing a lot this season. The only real natural pure centre forward they're supposed to have in their team. So he's always going to be a slight risk. But I'm with you. I think it's more likely that if he's only just come back from injury, he probably gets the last 20 minutes and then probably plays the cup game. That would be, and this is, I mean, Pep may say he's just ruled out entirely, right? But based on what we've got now, 
I think that would be the case. For me, I think that means Foden is probably a slight worry for minutes this week. Again, I think that come the 70th minute mark, especially if they're cruising, I think he may give... And let's bear in mind, Grealish also has played centre-forward a lot this season. I would say that Foden is more likely to to see sort of 70 minutes and Grealish or Jesus come on. Obviously, that could be for the wingers, depending on the performance of the game, the game state. But at the moment, that's that's what I would guess at. Yeah, our job is to predict and uh, we're not sitting on the fence mm-hmm. here with the predictions. Right then. Uh, Zof, you want to dive into some numbers before we ask Luke who his favourite three are in terms of Man City picks? Let's on do that. But first, I think just field. for our audio listeners, I'm just going to read out the entire lineup. We have a lot of guys who do listen on audio. It's Edison in goal, Cancelo, Laporte, Stones, Walker in midfield, Rodri, Gundogan and De Bruyne. Up top, Foden, Sterling, Mahrez. Just a quick, yep. quick, before I jump Sterling. into the numbers, I just want to talk about Sterling. It's a little because you saw he was substituted the last game around the 67th minute with City chasing the game. Does that concern you a little bit? Um, I don't think so. I think, again, I didn't watch the full game, so it's hard for me to judge on his performance, but at least on the ratings that people have given him, I, th- I don't think any of them played particularly well, but I think he was probably one of their more threatening players. And with Sterling, we know his fitness recovery is good. We know that he can play all three front positions. So even if this is often the thing we're predicting Pep, right? If you get one wrong, sometimes you get two or three wrong because he takes obviously left-footed, right-footed, inverted wingers, all of that into account of how he wants to approach Everton. So, you know, if you get one wrong, you can get numerous wrong. But the, the, the great thing about Sterling is he plays all those front three positions, right? If he wants to play Sterling on the right wing because he wants to target that Kenny might be playing at left-back and he's right-footed, which would be more suited to Mahrez who cuts in and maybe he wants to go on the outside, then obviously Sterling can play there. He can also play centre forward if he wants to give Foden a naughty, you know, break or whatever. And, you know, and he's also the person on the left wing at the moment. Foden could obviously go there if he wants to stretch the game the left foot. So it's hard to leave Sterling out whenever you predict the team, really. Even if, even if there's a you know a slight worry that they were chasing the game, I think it's just to change it up at the end of the day. I think it was as simple as that. Um, and I, I expect he'll probably play this one again. Yeah, it's just Pep overcomplicating things when big games come because Sterling's good run of form has come on the left-hand side and Maris's good run of form has come on the uh, right-hand side. So, you know, I don't know. He has a tendency to do this in big games and more often than not, sort of overcomplicates it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm expecting Sterling to play on the left and I think he's a better FPL asset on the left-hand side because he likes to cut in and shoot on the right right foot. So I think his goal threat increases a lot on that side. Would you agree, Luke? Um, I'm not too sure. I mean, a lot of the City fans, I mean, a lot of the groups, they love him on the right-hand side. The problem is Mahrez is, can only play that position and he's been so good there. But they, they generally really like him on the right-hand side. I think that's been his better position historically. Like, really good for Liverpool there as well. Really good Man City in his seasons where he scored 20 goals. But when he has played on the left in recent weeks, he's looked really, really good there as well. He's just been great in general. And we all know Sterling's game. He tries to get he tries to get there for the tap-ins as well, doesn't he? So he, he's the, very much the man on the end of stuff quite a lot. And when you look at that line-up there... Yeah, Mares can get the odd goal, but generally cuts in and crosses it with his left foot for people at the back post, and that's where Sterling in this formation would be. And if not, he's floating around. This, you know, scored that header the other day from point blank range. It's his game, isn't it? So he's very much the sort of you know tries to be the tap in merchant, but obviously he's also got those worldy shots in him. Apparently, I don't, I don't think many people back Sterling for the kind of goal we scored the other day, but he can, he can score those as well. So I think he's just yeah. the safest and, and a, yeah, a, a great goal for it. And worth pointing out that we have crosses coming from De Bruyne as well on that right-hand side, who's likely to play in the right midfield position, right? Yeah, exactly. And and this is where, again, if you get one wrong, if Bernardo Silva with his left foot, he wants different angles from different people. If he's got Sterling with the right foot there, he's got Cancelo with the right foot. That's two right foots on the left. Maybe he puts Bernardo Silva with his left foot on the left side so they can have um, multiple angles. And again, it's probably Gundogan's a bit of a pump. Maybe that happens to 
to um to give all those different angles these are all the things that he considers but in terms of the front three unless at the end of the day unless Grealish comes back into the team or Jesus which it doesn't look likely with the information we've got right now it's hard not to see a place for Sterling in the team and Mares, just a quick before we jump into the numbers very confident on him starting I'm pretty confident in him because he's been fantastic of late I think for Spurs it was a clear plan but everyone knows that Spurs left hand side you know he would have maybe planned for um, Regulion anyway, um, because he had COVID, I think, in the end. So he may not have known that he was out. But in any case, Sessignon, they always attack from that side. And then obviously you've got Son, who drifts over to that side. And you could tell he was very mindful of that. You could see Walker's obviously going to play there for the count of the pace. And he, he wanted someone who's better at tracking back. So he was willing to drop his most informed player, really, Mares, in order to get someone who is more likely to track back and help out defensively. As soon as they brought Mares on, they looked like a better threat. Now, might be because they're chasing the game or whatever. Um, but I can't see any reason why he wouldn't play Mares in this game. I mean, there's no, what you rest him to play in the cup, and it just doesn't make sense to me. I think he starts. I can't, can't really see an argument of why he wouldn't play. Um, yeah, I think he's pretty much nailed on. Uh, especially as well, he does like the right foot on the right side of your versus a back five, and Spurs play that back five to get around the, def the defense. Everton play a back four, as far as we know, will play a back four. So that's not even in the conversation here either. I, I just can't see any argument where Mares doesn't play. Famous last words like i say but i think he i think he's pretty secure got it let's just jump into some numbers this table is from our friends at above average fpl in terms of points per game mares leads the way with nine de bruyne second with seven and a half sterling in third in terms of shots he's up there too 2.7 for mares 2.25 for sterling but what's interesting is the key passes for sterling is so low 0.88 with mares you have 2.14 so mares has a bit of both Goal and assist red. I lost, I lost him on the video there. I'm not sure if he's still there. <laughs> mm. But yeah, but yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he's completely yeah. disappeared off my screen for some reason. But anyway. Alan, um, can you see me, right? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, uh, yeah I, I can see Zoff and uh, I can see Luke as well. So what I'll do is I'll try just making sure that there is a conversation between both of you happening. Go on, Luke, you were saying. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, I actually noticed that on the stats as well, that Sterling's assist threat's right down. If you look at his expected goal involvement, his expected assist is not particularly high. And um, I don't really think there's a key reason, apart from, like I said before, he's trying to be the man that gets on the end and make things happen more than anything else. And it's more that's more about his game at the moment, which, you know, goals for midfielders are good for us, right? Yeah, and he's naturally right-footed, right? And he's been playing mainly on the left-hand side this season. So it's more about goal threat, which is what standouts in the big chances per game. He's top at 1.25 compared to everything, everyone else. So, you know, him and Mahrez are hogging the big chances when it comes to Manchester City. That's what stands out to me. Yeah, and Sterling, that's always been Sterling's game, right? He's great at getting chances, even if he's perceived to not be great at finishing them all the time. He always puts himself in the right position, and that's why he's just a great fantasy asset, because he's some some days he's going to score three out of those three chances that he gets. Um, and that's why he's got that hat-trick potential, right? So he'd definitely be on your free hit, if you were free hitting? I think so. I think, for me, personally, I've got Mares and Sterling. I think Mares is close to almost non-negotiable, just because I think he's pretty nailed, like I say, and he's obviously got the penalties. He's also one of the cheapest ones. He's also... I know it's away from logical reasons, but it's not often you get to own Mares because you never know whether he's going to play a lot of the time. So it's quite fun to have him. So I, I will add that in. That I think it's important. And his, ex his expected goal involvement out of all the players, I think, was second only to Gundogan, actually, from when I looked, or maybe even above him. Certainly the highest. So it makes sense you know, from an analytical point of view as well to have him. And I think the next one is it's harder. I mean, De Bruyne's obviously great because even though his numbers are a little bit less than everyone else, we all know that bonus points are a factor in, in FPL. And his creativity means that he only has to get one return and he usually gets a lot of points. That's why you can see his 
points per game is actually really high there. He basically, if he does anything, he's probably in line for bonus. But he's still great. You know, he's also probably the most nailed. So if you really just want to say, oh, I definitely want to be, you know, have a, have a nailed player, then I can't argue against De Bruyne at all. You know, uh, um, Sterling for me is just the more explosive option. He's he's na- more nailed than some of the others. And Foden's great as well because of his price. At the end of the day, I, I don't think there's a, a complete, I have to go this one. For me, it's Mares and one of those three. And I know it's a bit of a fencing, but for me, I just slightly prefer Sterling than, than all the others. I couldn't argue against Foden or De Bruyne though. Why? Because of explosive potential? That's that's basically what it would be? Pretty much, yeah. And then obviously Foden, we've slightly got that. Maybe the video issue a little bit tired. Maybe comes off on the 70th minute. Sterling plays all three positions, so to me, slightly more secure. And then, yeah, for De Bruyne, I just prefer the person who's in front of the goal, especially in a game like this where they're supposed, you know, I think I was looking at it in their last nine games, Man City against Everton, I know there's different opponents, and some, one of them is in the, in the FA Cup out of those nine. They've scored an average of 2.9 goals across those nine games. There's been a five, the last two games were 3-0 and 5-0. Now, I want the guy who's right near the goal in that in those instances, which is more likely to be Sterling than it is to be De Bruyne. Not that De Bruyne can't get a haul, of course he can. And the fact that penalties have been taken away from De Bruyne is a slight negative for him as well, I think. Yeah. And we, we always talk about Lampard meets uh, Keane on this pod, you know, where the, the guys who play defence for Everton are not really that good. And Lampard isn't known for his def- defensive tact as a manager. Would you, given that, would you at all be tempted to triple up on their attack on the free hit and ignore Cancelo? Um, I would be tempted because, it's, again, it's more of a fun thing to do that you wouldn't do outside a free hit. And I have got nothing against that. At the end of the day, if you win the lottery and it is one of those 5 nil games, then you're probably laughing. The only thing for me is Cancelo is as good an attacker, if not better, than some of the other guys. And he's just playing for defence and he's also got the chance to get a clean sheet. So I can't look away from Cancelo. I just love him so much. So for me, Cancelo is like a lock. I wouldn't even consider not having him, but I can understand at least why he would. And just a very brief note on those defenders as well. Those are the kind of centre-backs for me that will not be able to handle the likes of Foden as false nine, pulling them out. That's why I think Foden's most likely to play that role, because Pep will look at them and think Foden's going to cause them the most problems. That's what I would have thought yeah. anyway. Yeah. And also, even their defensive midfielder, you know, Allen generally has a good game, but he didn't have a good game against Southampton. I think he was taken off at halftime after a yellow as well. So, uh, you know, that's something to be mindful about, because... The guy they rely on in terms of shielding that defense isn't in particularly good form right now. The, what also stands out is when it comes to goal percentage involvement, Mares and Sterling are both not of 30% in terms of goal percentage involvement. So that's something to consider as well. Uh, so you know, just to summarize, the three on your free hit, free hit would probably be Mares, Sterling, but you don't mind going Foden or De Bruyne for that second spot in Cancelo. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, or even Foden as well. I mean, like I say, he could just play and he's, his numbers are great as well. And at the end of the day, if he's playing false nine, he could he could do fantastic. And even if he's left side, he could do fantastic. But yeah, Cancelo, uh, Sterling and Mahrez are probably my preferred three. And I'm seeing a lot of that on Twitter as well. So I guess um, that's quite a lot of people's front three. Just uh, preferred three. While we're, while we're here, if you had to captain one of them, who do you captain? I think I'd captain Mahrez just because he's got the penalties. It's always nice to have that insurance. Um yeah, I think I'd be inclined to do that. Um, obviously, can take some of the free kicks as well, and just been in just he's just been in great form. And historically, his XGI is just through the roof most most seasons. It's just minutes that we have to worry with him more than anything else. So I see no reason why he wouldn't go for the for him really. All right, Zoff, any other questions from your end? I think much. What about Sterling as a captaincy pick? That's what I was leaning to because I feel if anyone's going to get a twenty plus over here, who do you think that will be? Sterling. Yeah, you could say Sterling. The other thing as well is if 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 um 
And we saw this in another game. I can't remember which game it was recently, but Man City went up quite early. They got penalties. Mares took them. They were two or three in the lap. And then Sterling, who is the best player in the whole of Premier League history of winning penalties, won penalty. And um, he took the penalty himself. So he's also got that to add to his repertoire as well. And we know about Mares in terms of their position on the pitch. Mares obviously cuts in and usually cr- either shoots if he's the opportunity or crosses to the far post, whereas Sterling is very much the man in front of the goal. So I do agree with that. If you take we take penalties, which were a luck factor out of it, who's got a higher ceiling. I think Sterling has got the higher ceiling, just especially from open play. So, yeah, again, it's fine. I agree. Uh, Zoft, do you have that heat map at all that I shared with you uh, in terms of Everton's chances created in Lampard's tenure? No, I do not. I don't think no. I forgot to do that. All right, cool. I just, I just worth pointing out that we just had a look at that and it's, what, three or four matches in Lampard's tenure. And the chances conceded heat map indicated that it was a Sterling kind of game because they do tend to concede a lot on that left-hand side where Sterling's playing. So, just something that I wanted to add on. And uh, anything else to add, Luke, before we wrap up here? No, just obviously it's not it's not gospel. Make sure you've got a decent bench, even though the uh, temptation to spend all your money just in case. And... If they don't start, I think at the end of the day, if they come on for 20, 30 minutes, it's such a good game that it's not the end of the world and we've seen that they can do well. Um, the, you can't not go for Man City picks, right? That's the end. I think it's a risk not to pick Man City than it is to, to pick them and worry whether they're going to play. So and we're at the hands of um, you know Pep's, Pep a little bit as always, but um, hopefully we, we come on the right side of it. And uh, where can our listeners find you uh, if they want to check out your predictions for Manchester City? Uh, it's just on Twitter at ffscout underscore Luke. I do sort of a weekly thread there, um, trying to predict Man City, um, like we said at the start. Um, and yeah, just try to keep it up through the season. It's been going pretty well. And um, yeah, been catching some of the some of the sort of, I, I caught the Norwich rotation, for example, caught a lot of the players like there. So do occasionally throw out some mad ones like the Stones and Gundogan, like we've had this week. But um, yeah, check it out whenever you feel like it. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. Thanks so much for being with us, Luke. And uh, we'll see you on Thursday. Bakar will be back for our usual pod and we'll be doing that on Thursday evening. See you next time, guys. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.